I, um, when I talk to people who are going through difficult times, yeah, I, I, I always refer them to Jesus. And believers, there's, there's usually a, a, a small standard that I, that I give to people when they're going through a tough time. First of all, I ask, uh, you know, depending upon, you know, how about, here's, here's an interesting point, and, and I don't want to get into my message too quickly, but here's an interesting point, uh, and I'm speaking, uh, speaking about and to Christian believers here, people who know Jesus, who've been, who've been uh, bapt- some of whom have been baptized with the Holy Spirit. What I, what I tell them is, is sometimes go, go back to your roots. And the interesting thing about believers, and, and I found this with, true with myself, is that I began having issues and problems when I, when I began to um, fall down on my uh, devotional life. Okay? Uh, and, and it seems like all kinds of things uh, harass me. In other words, and sometimes it happens when I get really, really busy. Amen? Okay? The very thing that we need not to do, we do. The very thing that we need to do, we don't do. And so uh, some of that is, uh, that's, that's, some of that's going to be a part of the, of the, um, of the message in, in a moment or two. But uh, God is always our source. He is not only our source for, uh, for, for direction, but he's our source for strength right now. And, 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 and the, the passages of Scripture. Now, in the past few weeks, I've been sharing with you various passages of Scripture. And in some respects, they mirror our faith experience, right? Okay? Uh, and, and sometimes they reflect the joy that we experience. Uh, and, but they're mixed. Usually, it's, uh, life is, mixed with, is a mixed bag, isn't it? It's, sometimes there's joy. Sometimes there's sorrow. Uh, there's difficulties. You know, on any given day, any given week, there are all of those things mixed in, Right? Whether, whether it has to do with school or work or our, uh, just the way we feel. By the way, we, have, we, we still have uh, Christina's in the hospital, and so remember her uh, uh, for, for prayer. She's kind of going through some things. And, and, and on any given day, uh, we've got people in our community that are, are not well. And uh, it's nice to be in touch with that. And so when we pray, we can lift them up. Amen? All right. Um, I've shared with you uh, that such is the, spir- the, is the spiritual journey that we, that we have, uh, that the people of God have. Uh, all through history, uh, there have been joys, there have been sorrows, there have been disappointments, and there have been victories, right? And we see these, we experience these, and my purpose uh, this morning is that you wouldn't consider the difficult experiences odd or a result of faithlessness, Okay? Could I, could I say that to you? I, I don't know, but there are teachings out there, or even if there are te- aren't teachings, there are people that we believe that. I recognize the scripture is very clear, is that, that we reap what we sow, that which we sow, we reap. And some of the problems and, and the challenges that you and I have uh, are, quite frankly, of our own making, aren't they? You know, I, I know I'm, sometimes I'm the, I'm the guy who does it to me. Okay? But, but what I want you to know is that some of the things that we experience, and most of the things we experience, are not, they're not odd experiences. 
And they're not typically the result of our faithlessness or our unworthiness. You know, we come to church, and I know, I know this is what many of us think. When we approach and the music is going and, and the songs of faith and praise are moving, oftentimes what we feel is, you know, God knows what kind of week I've had and what I've done and what I haven't done, and da-da-da-da-da. We get all tangled up in that, and so we don't worship because we're not worthy. <laughs> Reminds me of that was it the 70s movies, We're Not Worthy. Some, some, some people got that. <laughs> the truth is you're not. It's a gift. I don't know how we get over that. God doesn't, God, God doesn't pour this stuff out on us because, uh, pour his blessing out on us because we're worthy. The truth is we aren't. It's a gift. It's a grace. So we receive it. We receive it. And we, we just say, you know, it's my dad here. It's my Father, it's my Heavenly Father. My, my Lord has, has done all these things for me, and here I am simply to swim in the lake that He has, the lake of joy and the, and the, and the lake and the, and the river of uh, peace that He has for me. And so on a Sunday morning, I know these things are just rattling around in the brain housing group. Just like, yeah, what am I doing? I mean, I know what kind of week I've had. I don't feel very spiritual. Anybody come in here this morning not feeling very spiritual? Yeah, yeah. It's like, and there, there are more of you, I know. Because <laughs> the world is out there. The world is out there and the influence of the world. So uh, all through history, the people of God have experienced ups and downs in their faith. That, that doesn't mean that God is gone and here. He's always here. And, and I've said before, and, and I'll say it again, that, that part, of the, part of the faith journey are the, are the valleys. And they're, they're an important part of the faith journey. On the mountaintop, we know that God is, is there. It's, it's really easy. I mean, he's right there in our face. And the, and, and his, 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 the Shekinah glory we sense, we feel, those are, those are easier times to take. We want to stay there, and I'm re- relating for several weeks back the, the transfiguration. But there's things that happen in the desert or in the valley that are desperately necessary for who, we, who God is trying to make us. Does that make sense? Do you know that God is in the valley too? He's not just on the mountain. Do you know that he's in the desert too, not just on a high plain? Whether it's your valley, whether it's your desert, where it's difficulties that you don't think that you can get out of. You don't see the end from the beginning, but I want you to know that God is there and he's moderating these things. So, so the, purpose is that you, the purpose today is that you won't consider difficult experiences odd or the result of faithlessness. That you would, reassure, that you would be reassured of God's presence in your life. And that you would know how to stand, how to fight, how to weather these periodic storms that come into your life. Amen? Does that make sense? We don't have to run into the street with our hair on fire every time things go bad. God is still there. And you say, well, it would be, sh- be a really short fire. 
<laughs> really short fire. <laughs> let, me, let me just, there, I, what I have is a number of passages, and then, then I'll, I'll, we'll just begin to say, what do these passages say to us? And how do they apply to us today? How does, this, these, how, how does his word touch us? given this, this kind of a thought process in these situations, okay? Psalm 46, I love this. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. We could just spend time on that, couldn't we? God is our refuge, a place where we can go. And our strength. When I have no strength at all, I find that I can, that I can tap into his strength. A very present help. Uh, some of you have in times of need, right? You got that? In, they got that in the King James. A very present help in times of need. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth should change, though the earth and the circumstances around us change. Are, are, we, are we in a changing world? Yeah. I'm reading your posts on, on Facebook. It's a changing world, and many of us don't like it. Okay. Though the, though the, therefore we will not fear, though the earth should change, and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at, the, at its swelling pride. Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. You see, sometimes there's nights. Sometimes the night is dark. But God makes it, God, God is there. And there comes a time, whether you, whether you, whether you think of this as, as a, a symbolic morning, there comes a morning for the soul. And God is there. The nations made an uproar, the kingdoms tottered. He raised his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Now, you could read through the Psalms and find, uh, find passage after passage, stanza after stanza, that, that talks about the faithfulness and the promises of God for his people. And you are his people. There's a passage in, in Joshua I want to go to. Now, you're going to say, well, your pastor's going to be all over the Bible. Yes, I will be today. But I wanted to, to give you a sampling. And, and here's a sampling that God is consistent in his love for you. God is consistent in his protection of you. And God is consistent in the kind of things that he says for you and for me to do and to be. Now, without going into the context here, there is a context, Joshua 1. Uh, again, uh, well, perhaps I should go into the context. Uh, uh, Israel, Israel was, was, was finally putting it together. But there's always some people who don't want to go along with the plan. Moses, Moses was dead, and Joshua had taken over. And God's speaking in verse 5. You can read throughout and get the whole story. and It's, it's really a great story, but I don't want to read you chapter upon chapter here. Verse 5, it says, God speaking to him, No man speaking to Joshua. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Now, how would you like a promise like that? No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. 
Just as I have been with Moses, I'll be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do all according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. The book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you for wherever you go. Now, this was a promise to, to Joshua. But we see similar promises of God's faithfulness and his nearness to us. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. You are my beloved. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Those are promises that extend to you and to me. It amazes me until I think about my own children. You know they don't always do what I want them to do. They don't even go, they don't always go to the same church I want them to go to. Now, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, that my children are, are desperately wicked or anything like that. I love my kids. But they don't always do what dad wants them to do. But I love them. No matter how high the water gets or hot the flames, I love them. I would jump through broken glass into a burning house. You know? And that's not hard. So, so when I know that I am that way and that I love, that I can love even uh, children that may be disobedient to me, I can love them that way. And God says to me that, that, uh, that I'm evil. And, and that, that if I can love that way, God is, God is righteous and pure. And he knows how to give good gifts to his children. So this comparison, when I, if I can be that way, God is certainly that way. Okay? So, so who are you in God, in Christ Jesus? Jesus loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Be strong and courageous. Now, now catch that. And I'm going to spend just a few moments there. Three times he said, be strong and courageous, or be strong and very courageous. Why in the world would he, if he's on easy street, God is in his back pocket. He's on, in front of him, he's to the east, and he's to the west of him, and he's, a, he's, he's got his rear guard. All of these things that we read about in Scripture, why would he say to, to a man like that, you need to be strong and courageous? Because he's going to be challenged. Even though you and I are walking with God, we have the Holy Spirit, we have salvation in Him, you will have challenges. The cool thing is that we can be, that we can be strong and courageous. Why? Because we know we have God. We know He is present. We know that He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. We know that He is enough. In fact, we know He is in abundance for us. That He hears our prayers when we call upon Him. And that we're not alone in this world. Your parents, your siblings, your friends may have walked away from you. But God is ever present and He's near. 
Do you believe that? That's, that's what he says. It's what the scripture says. Here's a passage of scripture I want to spend a little bit of time with. 1 Peter 4. Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same purpose, because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so, that, so as to live the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. Live for the will of God. For time is already past, for the time already past is sufficient for you to have carried out the desire of the Gentiles or unbelievers. Having pursued, you've pursued, I've pursued a course of sensuality, lust, drunkenness, carousing, drinking parties, and abominable adultery, idolatries. And all of these, they, the people around you, they're surprised that you do not run with them into the same excess of dissipation. And they malign you because they don't understand it. They malign you. And the pressure is on you and for me to conform with the world that they're living in. And because you and I don't, they malign us. That's what he says here. But they will give an account to him who is ready to to judge the living and the dead. For the gospel has for this purpose been preached, even to those who are dead, that, they, that, that though they are judged in the flesh as men, they may live in the spirit according to the will of God. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be of sound, mind, sound judgment, sober spirit, for the purpose of prayer. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in the serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks, it, 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 whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies. So that, all things, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. Is that a picture? Now, this is First Peter. Is that a picture of people not having to wrestle through some things? Is that a picture of people on some spiritual easy street? It looks more like a battle to me. It looks more like that there's something that they must do. And I would simply refer to the earlier, the Old Testament passage. He said, be strong and courageous. Why? Because you're going to be challenged in this world. You're going to be pushed in this world. And he says, don't feel that this is an odd thing. Don't feel that this is an odd thing. Why why would he say that? Because he has, he knows, he knows that God will see them through it. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised when tough times come in your, your life. I recognize the context here is, 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 is people who are, who are fighting against the gospel, against Christ. 
Many of, the, many of the difficulties that we experience in this world, they, they are ancillarily connected to this very thing, your faith. I love the, the Ephesians passage that we'll go to now. You know this passage. You know this, this word. He says, put on the full armor of God. Why would you need armor if, if you were on easy street? Put on the full armor of God so that you'll, you, may, you will be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For, the, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you'll be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Remember, we're talking about standing, standing tough in difficult times and difficult places. Stand firm there, how, there, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to, to all taking up the shield of faith with, with which you'll be able to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now, I won't read, that, read on to that passage. You can do that. Okay? I'm just throwing out these passages. And I know there, there are four passages, and they, they, their relation is the subject matter. Standing firm in the midst of difficult things and difficult times. Now, the, fir- the first thing I want you to know, and boy, we've, oh, I've got plenty of time. It's great. Okay. The first thing that, that I want you to know here is, is beyond, beyond what I've said already, is that I, I want to talk to you about the reality of, God, of, of his love and, and, and his relationship with you. God and his love relationship with you. I already quoted these passages to you. He said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I've shared this with you. If I will never leave you or forsake you. There, that has to be foundational for us today. If we're, going to, if we're going to face difficult times, we have to, to have that kind of nailed down. Okay? Have, and we have to understand that His love never ends. Okay? What I mean by that is, is that, again, oftentimes what we will do, pretty soon we have lights here, and, and I won't be in this dark place, or I'll try to stay out of the dark place. Um, but, but we understand. We understand that God is with us all the time. And I, and I understand that, that when we come in, like I said earlier, when we come in, uh, you know, it, we're, we're really well aware of, of how we fall short. Anybody with me on that? I mean, we're hyper aware of, of how we fall short. Paul speaks, speaks to it this way. He says, uh, he says, I don't even judge myself. Now that's an interesting thing for Paul the, the apostle to do. I mean, he has all the memories. He has the memories of, of persecuting the church. He has memories of dragging them in and having them killed. He has all of these memories. You have some bad memories from your past? Oh, yeah. Somebody said, oh, yeah. Okay. But Paul made, Paul did, he, he's the one that says, behold, all things are new. Talking about you. Talking about what Christ has done in you. And then he said this one thing. He says, this one thing, I, I, 
I don't even judge myself. Now, the reason would be, is I'd be really hard on me. He would probably, because he remembers all the things, and the, and the enemy is always throwing those things up to us, and, and maybe we are bringing them up also, thinking, well, I'm not, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. And because, because we, 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 we focus on those things, sometimes we just don't move out in faith. Paul said, I don't judge myself. Do you judge yourself? Isn't, isn't that what happens on Sunday morning or on any day when you know, you know your past and, and, and you don't step forward because you feel so unworthy? You're judging yourself. God has made you new. What does the scripture say? Those who are in Christ are a new creation. The old things have passed away. He's cleansed you by the blood of Christ, the blood of the Lamb. He's taken your sins and moved them as far as the east is from the west. He remembers them no more. You remember them. Be a gift not to, wouldn't it? God loves you. That's the reality. That's foundational. That's foundational. He says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Now, we need to make right decisions. This is, this is Pastor Blair speaking now. When we're in a tough place, we're, we're in a dark place or a difficult place, we need to make the right decisions. What's the decision that oftentimes we make? Oh, woe is me. And we just kind of walk around and carry it. We might tell our friends about it. We may just keep it to ourselves. And the very place that we need to go, we don't. And the very place I would say that we need to go is on our knees. He said, what does he say? Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Well, every Sunday morning I say, okay, bring them up here. Just lay them out. Because I know, I know. Some of us, some, some of us are struggling with, with economics. Some of us are struggling with guilt. Some of us are struggling with uh, uh, sicknesses and pains and questions of faith and, and all kinds of things that, that roll in. Marriage situations and children's situations and all these kinds of things just mount up and get so big. And we just, rather than lay them at the altar, we just want to, ah, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Somebody says, how you doing? I'm okay. I'm good. I'm carrying him. I'm carrying the load, okay? Cast all our cares on him. There's one of the reasons why I say, okay, why don't you come up here and say, give them to Jesus. I know sometimes we give them to Jesus and take them right back. I know that. I know. Done that. Give them to Jesus. God, it's bigger than me. Here it is. That relationship, that problem, that fault. God, if, if anything's going to happen, I mean, I've done everything I know to do. But I'm going I'm to give it to you. I'm simply going to wait on you. I'm going I'm to lift it up to you before again, because the scripture scripture is clear that you got to be tenacious in prayer, connecting, right? So, so what do we do? The the right decision is to take it to God. Can I say that? When, when you know, He knows He knows what what, our, what your heart is. He knows what you've done. He knows what I've done. And I recognize, I'm, sometimes I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, uh, who is it? Cain. Kind of hiding himself. 
from God knows. Hiding himself. Or like 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 his father who 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 had, had he and his wife had Adam and Eve and God showed up and they're hiding behind the trees because they were naked. Sometimes I hide from God. Isn't that crazy? The very one who loves me already knows. He already knows how naked I am. He already knows how, how, how corrupted I can be. He already knows. But yet he comes looking for me. I mean, isn't that good news that God comes looking for you? Even when he knows more than you think he knows. He comes looking for you. That's, isn't that great? Like, hey, you know, this is not that hard though, is it? If I knew my kid was in trouble, I, like I said, what do I do? I would jump through, a, through broken windows into a burning, burning house. I would go looking for her. So why not believe and know the God who has created us and made us in his image and has created this thing called uh, childbirth and children's and families and stuff wouldn't get it and wouldn't understand. That's our God. That's our Father. He comes looking for us. So we have to make the right decisions. How about not hiding? What would be a great, a great decision? Not hiding from God. Running to him. Don't we have songs like that? I run to you. How about let's run to him? At the first sign. You know, one of the, isn't that what, you know, the kids, right? They're downstairs. I love them. Some of them are here. As soon as they get a boo-boo, what do they they do? They're looking for mom. They're looking, sometimes they're looking for dad, but most of the time they're looking for mom. They're running to him. Now, you say, well, that's kind of childish. Unless you come into the kingdom as a child. Huh? You get the picture? Let's run to God. The decision is to run to God with all the things. When we're in a dark place, when we're in a place where we don't, uh, where, where, where it's, it's difficult, things are, are, seem to be stacked against us, we can't see the, 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 the resolution that's good. We don't know how to get out of this. It's bigger than us. The mountain is high. We can't see the sunlight. It's darkness in our soul. And we need to run to him, not hide from him. Isn't that what we need to do? So, isn't that a decision that you can make that I would run to him? Uh, my hunch is it'd be a little bit like the remember the kid coming home? He'd, he'd, he thought he was smart. He took his and share of the inheritance and went off and, and Scripture calls it riotous living. He spent all of his money on women, wine, and song. I mean, that's an old story, isn't it? And then at a certain point in his life, he says, oh, man, I'm, you know, he, he, the scripture says he came to himself. You know, I love the picture here. He's, he's, he's feeding pigs, and I don't know if he's got rubber boots on or I probably not, and it's, it's up to here, okay? It's up to here. It's pig stuff. And, and he's hungry. And, if, you know, it's, sometimes it takes that to get our attention. Anybody been in pig stuff and said, okay, I need God. I need God, Okay. And he comes to himself. And what happens is, as he is coming home, reciting his thing, 
trying to, trying to get in. His, his dad comes running to him. <laughs> now you see, this is biblical. Pastor's not just, just throwing stuff out here. This is biblical. God's watching for you. He's looking for you. He knows where you are. He understands that you're in the, in the, in the pigsty. He understands you're in a dark place. He understands. And he's simply looking for you to come. And as you begin that journey, <laughs> he begins to move toward you. And it's not even, I mean, you, you might say, oh, look, I got this, this, okay, God, I mean, look, just give me a, a lower position. God puts a ring. God washes you. God puts new clothes on you. God restores you. God holds a banquet in your honor. See, those are not just good, good stories. This is about God and his love for you. And what he will do when you begin to come to him. The right decisions go to God. Could I say to you, draw from God's well. What do you mean draw from God's well? Jesus said, says, he said to the woman at the well, he says, look, if you knew, if you knew who was speaking to you, you would ask me for some water. And if you drink this water, you will never thirst again. She said, that sounds like a really good deal. I want some of it. And he began, and he said, go call your husband. Oh, well, I don't have a husband. So you're right, you've been married X number of times, but the guy you're with now is not your husband. So he had to deal with sin. So when we go to him, he will deal with that. It's okay. He loves us. And he, and he has made a provision for you and for me. But let's draw from God's well. What is God's well? When I'm in trouble, what is, where is the living water? God's, God's obviously the source of living water, but he has some spigots. Can I say that? That God has some spigots in the church. God has provided some spigots in his church that you and I can go to. And, and the first one that I've laid out here is, is family. Now, I know some of you looking around, you don't want to get too close to some of these other people. Because, you know, what closeness means, it means responsibility. Relationships cost something. Okay? Don't they? They cost time. Besides, you don't want anybody in your circle. Now, that's just a problem. But, but, but look around you. There are people who care for you. I'm, you know, I've, I've been here long enough to know your, many of your stories. They're stories of grace. They're stories of forgiveness. And they're stories of victory. They're stories of hard and difficult things. And there are stories here where God's not finished with me yet. See? And that's it. And, 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 and so one of the spigots from God's well is this family here. You, uh, one, of the, one of the things that Paul says is don't forsake yourself, the assembling of yourselves together as is the habit of many. Okay? Uh, you know, it, you, know it's, it, you get isolated. You isolate yourself. I mean, think about this. The enemy, the enemy is, is like a, the scripture says, like a raging lion, roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And we've all watched the National Geographic shows, right? Right? You know, it's like the herd. And there's lions around the edge. What are they looking for? They're looking for the sick, the lame, the lazy, the isolated. Isolate yourself, you make yourself vulnerable. Run to the group. Run to your friends. Run to people and say, look, I need some prayer. I want to be with you. But oftentimes when we're in a dark place, 
the very thing we want to do is oftentimes what we will do. We'll hide not only from God, we'll hide from our friends. I know what they're going to say. They're going to say, just trust Jesus. They don't understand. (laughs) The family of God. Fellowship. That's one of the wells. The strength that comes through connections. When I am weak, you are strong. When I am strong, when when I am strong, I might be strong when you're weak. And we're going to get through this together. I, I remember I had a fire team. Fire teams. This is a military lingo for... There's a four-man team. And I've shared some of this with you before. We were going through a swamp at like, oh, dark, 32 a.m. In the middle of the night, it was cold. It was miserable. And, 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 and we were... And I, and I was at the head of my team. I had three guys behind me. And, 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 and as we were going through, and we were at the rear end of this whole long... Uh, group of Marines, and as we were walking through, the mud got got really, really, I mean, got trampled. I don't know if you've ever had your feet, had to walk out of your shoes in, in mud before. It was like that, but we had water, it was dark, there were snakes, there were uh, alligators, it was just a... <laughs> and, and, I, and, and I heard the, the guy at the, the end, I mean, we'd already, everybody else had trampled through, so it was really stirred up. And we couldn't see. And I heard the guy at the end. There were four of us. And it was my team. My team. I could hear the panic come up in his throat. Because he was stuck in the dark. In a, in a d- difficult place. So the rest of the team moved around him. And got him free. See? Yeah. It's family, man. It's family. It's family. There comes a time when we find ourselves stuck and we don't know how to get out. You and I need our friends, our believing friends who have the touch of the Holy Spirit in their lives, who understand the Word of God. If you isolate yourselves, you're done. You're done. Run to God. Run to your friends. Believing friends. Scripture. What are, what, what are other things? Scripture. Soak in it. The Scripture says faith comes by the Word of hearing the Word. Soak in the Word of God. Again, the very thing we want to do is when we get into a tough place, we begin to withdraw when we need to run to. So again, run to God's Word. Begin to soak in it. Now I'm not saying listen to the preacher on TV. Okay, that's okay if you want to, but you never know what kind of strange fire you're going to get there. Read the Word of God. Let God recharge your batteries. You know what a trickle charger is, gentlemen? You know what a trickle charger is? You've got a dead battery, and, and this is just a little box. You plug it in, and you put it on there, and just little at a time, little at a time. And, and with time, that battery begins to come to life, and you start your car with it. See? The Holy Spirit... When you and this is this is completely anecdotal. This is this is Pastor Blair talking about experience and how I feel that, that it works. I begin to read God's word. He begins to change my mind. He begins to show. He begins. Not only does he reveal himself to me, but he begins to give me strength and change how I look about the search, uh, 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 how I look and how I experience the circumstances I'm in. 
It may look like a very, very dark valley, but all of a sudden, he shows me some sunlight on the other side. He gives me some strength so that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, my fear level begins to diminish because I know I sense his presence. I sense his presence. Run to his word, brothers and sisters. Run to his word. When you are in a deep and a dark place, run to his word. Prayer. The scriptures is building up yourselves in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, I, I was thinking, God, what, what, I know that. I get that. The scripture says that the person who, who prays in the Holy Spirit edifies themselves. I get that. Again, when we're in that dark place, here's our inclination is to withdraw, right? Withdraw from prayer, withdraw from worship, withdraw from friends, withdraw. And it just makes us extremely vulnerable. It just prolongs where we are. Run to prayer. Jesus was in a dark place. You say, well, how can Jesus be in a dark place? Well, they were going to crucify him the next day. And he was flesh like you and I. I mean, he was, that's what the scriptures say. He was... He, he had the same inclinations that you and I did. Had a great meal. He knew that the clock was ticking. It's one thing to think about three years down the road, there's, they're, they're going to try me and crucify me, and then I'm going I'm to go to be with the Father. It's one thing to think about that three down, years down the road, but when the clock is ticking and it's in the next few hours, things begin to change the way you feel. And he's on his knees. And you see him praying. He's talking to God. God is Father. And he says, Father, you know, you can do all things. <laughs> you ever pray that prayer? God, you can do all things. Would you t- take this cup from me? Say, can you change this thing? I really don't want to go through it. There's something in me that's recoiling from the pain that I'm looking at right now. That's, that's where his heart was. But as he prayed, as, he, as Jesus prayed, on the side of that mountain at night, it says that angels ministered to him. Angels ministered to him. And on the strength of that evening, on his knees, he faced down all hell and, and, and concern. Everything. Faced it down. Prayer can strengthen you because it's not just you meditate. It's, like, it's not you just say, uh, okay, I'm just getting peace here, you know. I'm just getting peace here. You know, I, I'm saying the right words to get my mind in the, in the zone and I'm getting peace here. That's not, that's not what's going on here. God is feeding you by His Spirit. You know? It's, it's, it's more than just a human agency. It is reaching out to the God, the, the, you might say that spigot that God has placed for you to receive strengthening and, and the water of life and power and all of these things. Worship. I can talk about worship. I've already talked about worship this morning. It sets in motion the hand of God. Again, all of these things. All of these things, when we get into a dark place, we run from our friends, our God. We hide from Him. 
And we get in that dark place. Remember, remember that passage? Was it last week? Said God spoke to Elijah. Says, what are you doing here? He said, he says, nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to eat some worms. Did he say that? He didn't say that. But he did say, he said, I'm the only one left. I'm the only one that stayed faithful. Did he have a good picture of things? No. When you and I are in, those, in, in, in a difficult situation, in a difficult set of circumstances, uh, whether, it's, whether it's a relationship that's failed, economics that are just not enough, problems with our kids, problems with, with illnesses, problems, you know, we sometimes can't see the rising of the sun. And we need him. We need him. We run to the darkness. We, we isolate ourselves. And I guess what I'm saying to you today, wrong thing to do. Wrong thing to do. God loves you. You've got to make the right decisions when you're in that place. Force yourself back to the family. Force yourself back to the scripture. Force yourself back to a place where you're on your knees, praying, talking, praying to the Holy Spirit. Force yourself into a place of worship. It, you know, and let God, let God, let God. The truth is, is, is all these things I've shared with you, it's, it's, it's tantamount to running to God. Running to God, in a, you know, it's like you've, you've got a boo-boo. It's a big one. Run to your Father. Run to your Heavenly Father. Let's worship. Let's worship. I don't know if you're in a tough place today, but I'll, I know this. You may not be today, but there'll come a time, promise you, that things aren't working well. Stand with us, please. Things aren't working real well. Things are challenging you. Problems, difficulties. Let's run to God. Today, if you're in a, in a difficult place, run to God. If, you're, if you can't see the end from the beginning and you feel like you're in a big hole, run to God. Run to His family. Run to prayer. Run to God. Amen? Let's worship Him. And this, this altar is open for anyone who wants to pray. And uh, I would say this to you. You may be new here. Never... You're thinking, I don't know what you're thinking. But God is, but God is working in your heart. There's something, the Holy Spirit, God has spoken to you and said, what he says is true. And, and you recognize you have a need. You have a need. You've never given your heart to Christ before. You've never given your life to Jesus. But you know you need to. Because you may not understand everything that's going on here, but you know that God is here. Could I invite you? Could I invite you to do the very thing that God would want for you? To give your life to Jesus. Jesus died for you. He died for your sins. He'll wash them all away. He'll take away your sins and he'll give you a new life, a different kind of life. Without him, you're lost. Without him, we're all lost. But you've never given your heart to Christ. I want to pray with you. And I want you to have the courage to come as just, you know, I'm, I'm, I know I'm a scary guy for some. I'm not really. But come. Come to this altar. Come to a place.
God speaking to you today? Is God speaking to you today? Be honest enough, say, yeah, he, he really is. If he's talking to you, there's some business he wants to conduct with you. Okay? Whether it's around this altar, whether it's where you are, let's talk to him. Let's conduct business with God. Let's run to him today. Amen. Let's worship.